Welcome to Islamic Life Coach School Podcast. Apply tools that you learn in this podcast and your life will be unrecognizably successful. Now your host, Dr. Kamal Akhtar. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Peace and blessings be upon all of you. Today I'm going to start the podcast with a bit of a spooky story. In my college years, I had this habit of staring at my pupils in the mirror. It gave me a sense of an outer body experience. With that sense of observing myself, I would direct my mind into doing something constructive. Meaning if I was bogged down by a stress of an exam or a difficulty in a relationship, I would take a few minutes in the bathroom mirror to hyper-focus on a part of my eye, like the iris or the pupil, and concentrate on it until my mind went quiet. Then I would use that opportunity to create a bird's eye view of that moment, like observing myself. This separation from the moment allowed me to take a neutral perspective on the difficulty in my life, and then I could direct it to create something helpful. What I didn't realize is I was engaging in commanding my mind, which is what we're going to talk about today. So first of all, nobody ever comes to coaching saying, I'm being negative, please help me. And that's natural. People usually come to me and tell me that the world is negative, that things are harmful, other people are toxic when in reality, people are just projecting their negativity outwards. While most people don't describe themselves as being negative, their subconscious thought patterns are creating this negativity. Some areas of the brain play an important role in this. The default mode network, or DMN, is that type of an area of the brain. It was first discovered by Marcus Reichle and his team in 2001. And it is wrong to call it just an area because it is a network between a group of neurons in different areas of the brain. So brain is an organ that is active all of the time, even while you're sleeping. The default mode network, or DMN, is active when you're not directing your attention to something. So let me help you visualize this. Imagine the brain and that it has truck stops in it. A truck stop in the front, two truck stops in the middle, and two in the back of the brain. Then imagine five-lane highways connecting these truck stops where traffic is free-flowing. That makes up the default mode network. This DMN is active when you're resting passively, when your mind wanders. It is active when you try to take a break during your busy day and you try to take your mind off of the current task at hand. Usually we do this in the name of trying to take some rest and we drift off into thoughts, when actually in reality it is quite the opposite of rest. In the DMN, paths that are well insulated, meaning the paths that have turned into a five-lane highway, have to do with thoughts of frustration about others. This is us describing the world as negative. Sometimes these thoughts have to do with procrastination on the recitation of Quran, about how your mother-in-law is toxic, how you are an introvert, therefore extremely shy, how your child's disability is causing you distress how you don't have financial means to care for your elderly parents. Clients come to me in an attempt to improve their experience, and they think that their judgment of the negative people and the negative circumstance is a fact. And this happens all thanks to the default mode network. And somehow they're also under the impression that making everything else negative somehow makes them non-negative, when all they're doing is hardwiring more negativity in the DMN. While your mind is wandering, these are the patterns that your mind defaults to. Thus the name, Default Mode Network. Most active at rest, consumes large amount of the brain's energy. 
Marcus Reichle showed that upwards of 90% of the energy consumed by the brain is used to support this default negative activity. With some work, clients start to recognize that their negativity about the world is what's causing their suffering. And with that recognition comes the judgment for themselves. Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep thinking these thoughts? This compounding of judgment is quite the opposite of what we're trying to do, but it happens regardless. It's kind of like you trying to take control of the brain that's been running wild for a long time, and it rebels even more. It doesn't want to be controlled. It actually wants to control you. So it makes the improvement process even harder by having you judge yourself for the judgment you're having about the world. (laughs) It's quite fascinating. So in other words, it gets worse before it gets better. But it does get better. And that place of better is so blissful, alhamdulillah, that you would thank yourself for doing this work. Another type of judgment that comes in is when my clients see their change and improvement, when they start evolving, a very insidious belief that shows up for them is that everyone else should be evolving too. They start to see that they get it and other people don't. They have it figured out and others don't. This way, they're being negative just by being better in relation to somebody else. And their brain makes others somehow less than them. We can cushion these types of compounding judgments by commanding our mind. So, what does it actually mean to command our mind? Well, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Because that is exactly what today's podcast is about. This is a life-changing concept. Commanding your mind means to set yourself free from the default mode network programming. That is what is creating your negative life experience. And you do that by directing your focus on a single point of attention. So let me repeat and pay attention here. Commanding your mind means to set yourself free from the automatic default programming that is creating your negative life experience. And you do that by directing your focus on a singular point of attention. Let's explore this more. When you take a break, for example, you have the intention to rest, except you are not resting. You are letting your mind think by default. That's how the DMN comes alive and consumes more energy. Most often, the DMN has wired beliefs like, I have an executive dysfunction. I don't know how to follow my food protocol. I am uncomfortable with change. Losing weight is my mountain to climb. My immigrant family is so backwards. I want to explore my freedom outside of my religion. So during this so-called rest, your thoughts hardwire more of these patterns. This creates your sense of self. This is you passively letting your brain think whatever it wants. This is the opposite of commanding your mind. It is not restful. It actually creates a worse experience. Martha Beck, Oprah's life coach, says in her book, The Way of Integrity, Most of us end up in psychological suffering in a completely innocent way. If we are hurting, it seems logical to think that we did something wrong, but we don't know why. All human beings suffer, despite their deepest belief that they don't want to suffer. In another place in the book, she says, Some cultural and social norms get embedded into our belief system and we don't see them, just like we don't see our eyes. Such a beautiful analogy. We need a mirror to see our eyes, just like we need a coach as a reflective device to see our own brain. So about the worst thing you can do to yourself is to think without knowing that you're thinking, especially when you're calling it rest. You'd like to believe that you're just chilling, spending some idle time off from your busy day. 
taking a break and relaxing. But what you're actually doing is firing up the default mode network. That will feed you well-practiced thoughts that will sound like truths. This is how we develop our sense of self, our identity. And in most cases, it is based upon negative commentary of ourselves and the world. Idle resting or mind wandering leads to increased activity in the default mode network. This includes any thoughts that are not associated with your immediate environment. Like visiting memories, daydreaming, obsessing about the self, worrying about the future, reminiscing on the past. Sound familiar? All of this happens because our brain's only job is to reduce uncertainty about the world and make meaning. And the DMN does that beautifully. You say, okay, time to take a break from my thousand obligations of the day. Only your brain cannot take a break per se. It is incapable of not thinking. DMN is active even during sleep. If the brain is not told what to do, it will do what it does best. Create nonsense and make it look like a fact. Most of us spend all of our waking hours not knowing what it is that we're actually thinking. This gives the DMN open permission to keep running on the same programming. Only while you're quote-unquote resting, you're consuming 90% of the energy and wiring the brain for self-destruction. So how to actually rest and break this pattern? How to actually command your mind out of this? And this starts with just observing the thoughts. Just observing your thoughts will interrupt this process. You cannot continue to construct an emotion of despair, anger, irritability, if you just witness that your thinking is causing these. Only way you can continue to manufacture these emotions is if you don't observe where they're coming from. And if you witness with non-judgment, it will disrupt the cycle. Now, the popular culture calls this meditation. This is the method of observation of your thoughts. As a Muslim population, we are turned off by the idea of meditation because it is heavily associated with Buddhism. But it is just a name, a name of a process. Sam Harris, a New Age atheist, says meditation is as Buddhist as physics is Christian. <laughs> I mean, I don't agree with a lot of what he says, but, but he says it so well here. Like, it's just a science. There is nothing inherently religious about the observation of your thoughts. Just like biology is not Muslim, meditation is not Buddhist. And in our tradition, this process of monitoring your thoughts is called muraqaba. So please, call it whatever you want, but take advantage of it. To start this process of observation of thoughts, I direct my clients to focus on one sensation, one object of attention during your relaxation time. It could be touching a soft blanket. It could be looking at the details of a tree. It could be sipping and feeling a hot cup of tea. Pick a sensation. One sensation. Any sensation will do and focus on it. The goal of commanding your mind is to bring your thoughts to a single point of attention. This attention quiets the default mode network and conserves energy. When I was doing my mirror exercise, this is the exact method I was using without actually realizing what I was doing. I was using my visual sensations to hyper-focus on the details of my eye. This would quiet my DMN that would then lead to me being able to observe my thoughts and come out of the negative pattern. The biggest objection I get is people come to me and say, I am bad at meditation. If that's the case, you're making one of two mistakes. One, you're trying to avoid having thoughts, which is impossible. And two, 
you're trying to focus on nothing, which is also impossible. So instead, focus on a sensation, like how your feel feet touching the ground, how the traffic sounds when you're in a car, what is the detail of the pixel of the word on the computer screen that you're looking at, or what your breathing pattern is. Pick one sensation, touch, hearing, visual, any sensation, and focus on it. Once focused, you'll see that you'll start to have unrelated thoughts. The process of meditation is just watching these unrelated thoughts go by. That's it. Just observing them like passing clouds. Repeat this method because this is how you learn to command your mind. This is how the DMN goes offline and you can actually conserve energy, which is the whole point of resting. This method of rest is exponentially more energizing than sitting around and hoping to get your mind off of things. This active return to attention, to a single point of focus, as a method of relaxation, is much more recharging to the brain than passively drifting off into thoughts. During this directed attention, if your mind drifts off to thinking something else, just gently bring it back to the sensation. Usually, how we've been practicing rest is we engage in a monkey brain state, constantly thinking, worrying about one thing or another. We're spending more energy. Instead, learn to conserve this energy. In the book, How to Change Your Mind, author Michael Pollan says, Default mode network quieting leads to loss of subjectivity. This loss of subjectivity is what I experienced when I stared in the mirror. I was using my visual sensations to direct my attention on the colors of my eye, the object of my singular attention. This then leads you to observe yourself. DMN and the stories running on autoplay give us the sense of a self. They become our identity. When we quiet that noise by focusing on something else, we have the option of rewiring that story, recreating an identity that is in line with our values, our highest brain. When we step out of the story of the self that we've been telling ourselves all our lives, we can restore our self-image. So become aware of the sensations of your body. That is the method of commanding your mind. And command your mind, otherwise it will cause chaos. Author Warren W. Tyrant in his book Cognitive Neuroscience and Psychology talks about the default mode network and fMRI studies and he says, People are totally unaware of massive amount of unconscious processing that is continuously being done by the DMN. That is why I say, command your mind or it will cause chaos. And as per usual, I cannot end a podcast without tying a concept to the religion of Islam. So if all of this wasn't mind-blowing enough, just hold on to your seats. You can apply this method to the objective of improving your relationship with Allah. Before you begin salah or prayers, hyper-focus on one sensation of your body. I usually start with the sensation of either rubbing my fingers together or feeling my feet on the ground. You can use these or any of the other sensations like breathing or visual cues to focus. You can even use the sensations any anxiety might be causing in your body. Scan your body. See where you're feeling these sensations and focus on them. Once that has become the object of your attention, you're able to create a loss of subjectivity. And that puts me in a place of neutral curiosity, where I'm observing myself. 
after that, I proceed to making Allah the object of my singular attention. So the modern psychology will tell you, make the sensation the object of your singular attention and keep refocusing on that. At Islamic Life Coach School, I take it a step further. Make Allah the focus of your singular attention and keep refocusing on that. You can use this when you're reciting the Quran. Start by hyper-focusing on the details of a word. Once the DMN is quiet and the mental chatter subsides, concentrate on the recitation itself or pay attention to the meaning of the words, your tone, your cadence, volume, or bring to mind why you're actually doing this. Who is it that you're doing this for? Who are you praying to? Create one object of attention. Same can be done with fasting. When you're tired and hungry, pay attention to the sensations that your body offers you. Hunger to me at times feels like pressure on the inside of my bottom ribs, like someone is pushing them from inside out towards the front. I hyper-focus on that sensation of pressure. I give it color, shape, texture, location, movement. I watch to see if it's moving or staying still. This helps me lose that sense of subjectivity. And when I am out of the discomfort of hunger, I focus on dhikr, remembrance of Allah, the object of my singular attention. This not only brings me out of the fear of hunger and quiets the lizard brain, it brings me into submission of Allah, which is our goal in the first place. Inshallah, I pray with this method, you can find khushru, your serenity in all acts of prayers. You will feel recharged, rested, serene, and connected to your Creator, inshallah. I used to be in awe of people who were able to find serenity in their prayers, they would have this sense of peace about them that was just mysterious to me. I used to think, it must be for them and not for me. They are the chosen few. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose them. They are special. It turns out, if you are listening to this podcast, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose you as well. Try this method and see the change. If you don't get it right in the first attempt, don't be disheartened. Don't give up. It takes a little bit of practice but it is an extremely effective method to find your grounding with any act of prayer. This commanding of your mind during rest, making Allah the singular focus of attention, is the best method to recharge. And inshallah, people don't use this method to create bid'ah or innovation in the religion. That is not my intention. It is a type of a treatment method for hyperactive minds. For some, this process is natural and effortless, for others like me, when my mind runs at 150 miles an hour and I just can't get the mental chatter to stop, I have to use this technique. Traditionally, we are told to try harder. Pray or you'll burn in hell. Needless to say, not only these methods didn't work for me, they set me off in quite the opposite course. Guilt, shame, distance from the religion, and never-ending mind chatter of what is wrong with me. Why can't I figure this out? That did not help the cause at all. So now what I do and what I teach my clients do is start by focusing on the sensation of the body. It could even be a sensation that an emotion is creating inside your body. Or you can focus on the sensation of touching something or listening to something with deep concentration or looking at something with hyper focus. And once the mind is quiet, then proceeding to make Allah the object of your singular attention. Because living life with a human brain is like climbing a steep, slippery slope. 
Unless you're actively trying to climb upwards, you'll be slipping down. Command your mind. Direct the attention to a sensation. Once you have that sensation locked in, hyper-focus on it. Watch its every detail. You'll sense a shift, a sort of detachment from being you. Watch your thoughts pass by. Stay here or make it about remembrance of Allah. Make dua in that state. The default mode network is responsible for your image of the self. And if it is not directed, commanded and rewired, it will look like utter garbage. If you can learn to not believe your own thoughts, you can be set free from the unpleasant experience of the world and the other people. Which, if you recall, is what my clients usually bring me in their coaching sessions. Use the power of commanding your mind to find your grounding while you're leading a meeting or use it to be the fierce entrepreneur that you are or be the explorer or the artist. Find your highest self and be the attentive mother that you are. Use it to find focus and be the loving wife, compassionate daughter, diligent servant of Allah. Use this method to fulfill any role in your life. Use this method to make ibadah the object of your singular attention. To this day, I use this method right before I go into patients' rooms at work. These hospitalized patients are quite ill and in need of my utmost attention. And alhamdulillah, I'm able to leave my limiting beliefs aside and show up for them the way they need me to. With that, I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us utilize all the ways to get closer to Him. Because if science is not used for the highest purpose, then I'm of the opinion that we might not use it at all. And with that, I ask you guys to keep me in your du'as. I will talk to you guys next time. Hey, are you thinking about coaching? I invite you to a complimentary consultation with me where I can help you define the solution to your problem, regardless if you choose to work with me in the Empowered Muslim Women program or not. So you really have nothing to lose. Access the appointment link through the show notes and inshallah I will see you there.